Hello, world. Welcome back to the Ignited Fortitude Podcast with Bobby and Steve, Episode 12, Man Up Part 2. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready, dude. <laughs> well, by the way, we did get another donation. Thank you. Thank you very much to those who are listening and donating to this podcast. And we are looking at and working on merchandise. Yeah, we're trying to um, figure out the cheapest way. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we want to make sure that we're not uh, gouging people. You right. know what I mean? It's crazy to see what thing people are charging. And we have been asked by certain people about, hey, are you guys going to have any merchandise? You know, Steve's got an Ignited Fortitude hat. <laughs> and so everybody's like, well, where's ours? So, guys, we do want to do some some stuff and, and get it out to you. So uh, we do appreciate uh, all the support, guys, because um, like we've said before, this is all uh, done out of our pockets. And your guys' help and your support. So thanks for supporting the cause, guys. So going into uh, part two of this, um, you know, we talked about last week, we read through, um, read through a little story about this guy that, you know, was asleep at the wheel and his wife had to, had to jerk the wheel out of his hands and then they're fighting back and forth. And, and we just kind of talked about how that's, you know, I know that was a little bit of our story, you know, me and my wife. And uh, I think that's a lot of guys, you know, even, even last night in service, Pastor Pat was talking about like, Hey, wake up, you know what I mean? We've got to be awake and and knowing that hey you know what the day draws near and and jesus is coming back and we're going to be held responsible for you know all of the decisions that we're making for sure and i i think you make an excellent point that it is something that is probably more prevalent in many marriages in many people's lives in general we get caught up in the day-to-day and just going from one thing to the next, whether it's the schedules with kids or work or whatever the case may be, it's easy to just go along for the ride and not really be in any kind of control. So hopefully with that last episode, you guys got something out of it. And this time we want to look at more biblical examples of what men are supposed to be or not supposed to be, because there's plenty of examples of men who failed to meet the mark in the Bible. Yeah. And we can, I mean, obviously we can look at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, right? You know, Adam was, you know, why was he allowing, you know, even we kind of talked about this, you know, like, but why was he, you know, why would he not step up and like, Hey, you know what? No, that's not what we're going to do. That's not what our family is about. Right. You know what I mean? And I think like, you know, I, I think even in families, um, you know, especially dads raising girls, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, man, it's like, Hey, like, why are you allowing your daughter to date that guy? Or why are you not stepping in? Or why, you know what I mean? Why are you allowing your daughter to dress a certain way? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of attention is she going to bring onto herself? And what are you setting her up for? You know right. what I mean? And, and, and I know like, it, you know, I had a daughter and raising a daughter, or I still have a daughter, but you know what I mean? Raising her up. And there was, I mean, unfortunately there were times where it's like, I walk in a, in the room and there's other people in the, in the house and she has friends over. It's like, Hey, go change. Like yeah. <laughs> you cannot be wearing that. Or if she was going to get ready to leave the house, like, Hey, like you are not wearing that out of this house. I'm sorry. Like you can be mad at me or whatever, but not under my watch, you yeah. know? And so I think there's, you know, we have to man up, you know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes it's easier to just like, Oh, you know what? I don't want confrontation or, you know, I'm always a bad guy, but guys, it's, it's our role. You yeah. know, uh, you know, after going through uh wild at heart, like I've, I've been, I think about it a lot in the aspect of, you know, 
men naturally were competitors, right? And yeah. like, and we should be looking at almost everything we face as a challenge, and we want to we want to win, right? Like that's what we want to do, and we should be taking that same aspect with our families, our marriages, and applying that and being like no, we're going to win this the way we're supposed to based off of what God, how God has designed our marriage and our families to be, you know? And um, I think it, because of the culture, it's so easy just to sit back and, and not have that competitive. Yeah. And, you know, and even at Wild at Heart, like he brings up a lot of good stuff. It's written by John Eldridge. And um, I had just, I had listened to it, I don't know, months ago, well, probably close to a year ago, I listened to it. And then recently I just, I needed something to listen to and, and started listening to it again. And and one thing that I caught this last time that I was kind of going through it, where he talks about like, you know, a lot of the times you, you look at your wife as being the adventure, right? And it's like, no, dude, your, your wife is supposed to go on the adventure with you. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's what a lot of times, like where a lot of guys get stuck, where it's like, you know, the woman's fighting like, why, why aren't you, you know, romancing me anymore like you used to? And why aren't you, you know what I mean? And because and guys were competitive, right. we want to win the woman, you right. know? And that's the culture too, is like that the movie ends when he gets the girl, yeah. right? It doesn't go on to show you the rest of the adventure. It's when he gets the girl, that's when the movie ends. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and it's it's funny too, because I took, that was one of the quotes that I had saved that I wanted to read where it's like, it, even in that book, While at Heart, where he says, deep, in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like the theme of, of the book that he talks about and just the different aspects of, you know, like that's, I mean, and it's true, dude. We want a battle to fight. And that's why we work so hard at work. But then what do we neglect? We neglect our family because mm-hmm. we're not fighting in that in those moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we want a beauty to rescue. And that's why, you know, we ended up getting the spouses that we, that we have. Right. You know? And then- I think that also, and I'm pretty sure in the book, I remember that that's what leads into other things that we talked about, like battling temptation, like the, the pornography addiction and stuff like that is where you have, uh, you know, you get the girl, but then you feel that thing missing. And so now you're looking and looking and looking and pornography is an easy way to go to feel like you've, you're pursuing that girl again. Right. Or, or whatever the case may be. But that book, if if for men that are listening, if you haven't read that book, get it like wild at heart. It's on point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really (laughs) good book, you know, and he even brings some things up there that like, to me, as he was, as he was saying things in the book, I was like, wow, man, I like, I could see that in my own life. Like one of the things he talks about is um, uh, having like a rite of passage, you know what I mean? And like, when does a boy really become a man? You know, mm-hmm. and he talks about like, I think it's in that book where he talks about different tribes, you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it, I, I don't think know if it's in that, in that one. one. I know that the, the identity is a huge part mm-hmm. uh, of Wild at Heart, like how your, your name, you know, your, your lineage with your, you know, as a junior, you know, I, I always, and my son being a, the third, I always tell him like, Hey man, like you have the same name as me and your grandfather. Like, don't make us look bad. Like, yeah. you know, like, um, so I think about that with like the names and, uh, definitely like the tribe part of it. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it's in Wild Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if it's in that one or, 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 uh, another book I read or, 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 
or some research just doing, but like, I know that, that somewhere where they talk about like in a tribe, when a boy is going to become a man, what they do is like it, the boy is at a certain age. Right. And then the tribal, the, the tribal men will go and try to take the boy, but the boy has to try to fight the woman. Not, like he has to try to fight his mom or any other woman that's in the household. And he has to try to fight them off in order to go with the men. And then the men take him on this journey and they do like a rite of passage, mm. you know, and if the boy isn't able to successfully like fight off his, his mom and the other women that are trying to hold him back, they come back the next year. You know what I mean? And hopefully he's strong enough and able to to go. And it's crazy, man, because a, a lot of times, like, you know, the Bible is very clear. Like, hey, when you get married, you're supposed to leave your mother and your father. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not just physically, you know what I mean? But it's leaving that whole ideology that you were raised in and not living underneath that. You know what right. I mean? And, and all too often, like, you have these, these boys that are men. But they're really just still living under the guise of 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 their moms, you know what I mean, in their household and stuff like that. And and I was thinking about that, dude. I remember when I went to join the Marine Corps, and you know my family had has has a business, and and my parents were like, hey, you can't take over the business until you you go to school. And so it was set up like, hey, we're going to pay for your school, we're going to do all this stuff. And I remember like, dude, no, you're not. Like, I didn't I didn't want them paying for it. Mm -hmm. And when I went to go to join the military, I remember my dad's like, what are you doing? That's like, the, the, like we had a huge fight and in an argument over it. And and just listening to John Eldridge just like talk about that stuff. And, and it's like, that's what I was trying to do. Not necessarily knowing that that's what I was doing, right. you know what I mean? But trying to like, hey, you know what? I'm like, it's my, it's me making a decision and being a man, you know what I mean? And trying to go off, you know? And I think all too often, you know, uh, I know the culture right now gets criticized, especially millennials, where it's like they're in their parents' basement, in their mom's basement, you know what I mean? Still playing video games and trying to live a life and and not really doing what they should be doing. Right. I, I think even going further than that, like I know um, – and this is a little personal – is when Kim and I got married, I had already been married once, had a child, got divorced, and we got married. And one of the things that almost ruined Kim and I was I would go to my mom and dad and tell them everything. Yeah. And and I would let them influence the way that I would do things, the decisions that I would make. Instead of being the man of the house and working with my wife and and making decisions that way, it was all based off what my mom and dad would tell me. And I did that for years. And that was one of the main things that almost led to Kim and I not being together was the fact that I was letting other people influence my relationship with her. And, and you know, and of course, I'm not going to tell all the bad things I do, not to my mom and dad. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So, not, yeah. Well, yeah, dude, I'm so I'm Mexican, like, like not little mijito. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and luckily, like we were able to reconcile the the relationship between my parents and Kim and me and Kim and everything was able to work out fine. But too, too often I was letting somebody else influence the way I lived my life. Yeah, dude. And that's, you know what, you bring that up and it makes me think that same thing, you know, obviously, again, working with my family, like my family is very involved in my life. Because we work, you know what I mean, all the time together. And yeah, same thing. You know, I show up to work. It's like, what's wrong? You know, obviously, can, they can tell, like, something's right. wrong with me. So, like, okay, you and Deanna were probably arguing or fighting, you know, especially in the beginning of the marriage and stuff. And yeah, man, the same thing, you know. And then they're going to treat her differently and, and all that run around. And, and I remember even, too, like, Deanna's like, 
you know, like you give your mom a big pass, but you don't do the same for me. You know what I mean? Like you're harder on me than you are when your mom's like trying to still baby you, you know what I mean? Right. And still trying to mother you. And and it's like, you get on me when I'm trying to, you know, give my two cents in. And she's like, like, I don't think that's right. And I don't think, and you know what? She was right in that, in that yeah. stance. And I had to get to the point where I was, where I ended up telling my mom like, Hey, no, you know, especially with business, like, Hey, business is business. Like we're done. Like let's handle this stuff. But when I'm home, like that's my home time. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, like just trying to filter that, you know, and, and yeah, I, uh, a big part of the, of the, um, hiccups in my marriage was that right? right not being the man that i was supposed to be for my family not being the man that i should have been for my wife you know and and in the bible like even in, in it, so like there's a few places in the bible where like it just like opened my eyes to certain things in first corinthians uh chapter 16 verse 13 paul writes to the corinthian church and he says be on guard stand firm in the faith be courageous be strong and do everything with love, right? And it's and it's um, be the man. I think in, in the New King James, watch if you if you look it up in in yours, right? I, I normally read out of the New Living Translation just because it's easier. I know a lot of people are like listening to this and they don't have their Bible handy, so it's easier to just read some of it. But you do lose First Corinthians 16, sixteen verse 13. thirteen. Yeah, what's it say? It says, "Watch, stand fast in the face, be faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love." Ah, that's thirteen and fourteen. That's thirteen fourteen. That wasn't the one that I was looking for. We'll have to, we'll have to look for it. But where it says. Um, Act like men. You're off to look for the scripture, but it, it or if you yeah. don't mind, it, you know, and it tells us in in First Corinthians, it says, you know, you got to act like men. There's another one as Steve's looking for that. I thought I had it on the right one, but um, it even happens in First Kings, like when when King David was getting ready to give up the throne and and give it to Solomon. He tells Solomon, he's like, hey, uh, I'm going where everyone must go someday. Talking about that, he's going to die, and then he says, take courage and be a man. And that's in the New Living Translation. And in the New King James, it says, take courage and prove yourself the man, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you know, the Bible is full of that language of like, we need to be a man and we need to know what it looks like and, and what proper godly uh, manhood looks like because it's not being a dictator. It's not being overbearing. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of those times you have to end up being overbearing because you dropped the ball somewhere. You you weren't doing something that you were supposed to, and now you have to lash out and 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 you know become a tyrant. And it's not fair to your family. It's not fair to those around you. You know, so um those are some examples, you know, in the sense of like as we get ready to to just like, you know, move forward with this, where it's just like, hey, you know, how how are we supposed to behave? What are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? What what looks like the proper way in order that we're supposed to live as men live, right. you know? Yeah, and, you know, looking – when we are talking about doing – going into this finding biblical examples, I went uh, to Hosea, right? And um, in Hosea, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, God illustrates his – his relationship with Israel through Hosea and his relationship with his wife and children. And basically God has Hosea marry a prostitute, have children with her. She leaves him. He has to go buy her back. And the, that as a, and it's an illustration of God's relationship with Israel, but for Hosea to be so uh, obedient, right? Like, 
okay, I'm going to go marry a prostitute and I'm going to have three kids with her. And then she's going to leave me and she's going to go back into prostitution and God's going to tell me to go get her again. And I'm going to go get her like, man, I, I mean, I think most men probably would have been at the first, yeah. like, yeah, go sure. marry a prostitute. Uh, I, I, I'll take a pass. Yeah, I, that's not God speaking to me, right? Like, so I think, like, just in that alone, like, just obedience, right? Like, that is where I see so many men not doing what they should be doing, right? Like, you're not following what you should be doing. And um, it's funny because then I, I, preparing in scripture and I'm looking for the one you told me to, I turned to one that kind of fits in with it right away. And that's first Timothy five, eight. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. So there it is, right? Like if you're not providing for you and your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Like that's yours. That's your family, right? Like you're not doing your, your duties as a man, as a husband, as a father, you're worse than an unbeliever. Wow. Right. (laughs) You know, and I think, you know, and even right now where the culture where we're at, you know what I mean? Like think about what happened. We're on the heels of, you know, 2020 when the pandemic hit and, and what happened? People were laid off or some people had the opportunity where, Hey, you know what? The government's going to support you and provide for you. You know what I mean? And there's, that's always a push. And, and, and it's sad to see like how many construction companies, I know pool companies, uh, were having a hard time and still are having a hard time finding people to come and work. Why? Because now somebody else is just putting money in their pocket Yeah. and, and there you go. I mean, you're worse than like, so if you're a Christian man, Hey, you know what? If that's the way the world operates, that's one thing. But if you're a man of God, like, no, you need to get up out there and you need to go work. You, you shouldn't be waiting for somebody to just give you a handout. The the verse that I was looking for is is 1 Corinthians um, 16, 13, but it's in the uh, English Standard Version. It says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's where, where it uses that terminology. You know what I mean? And, and there you go. It's like, you know, as a man, you're supposed to be watchful. You know, that's a man's job. It's not the woman's. Like, dude, if you're at home laying in bed. And somebody comes into your house and you hear a noise, do you like tell Kim like, hey, Kim, hey, how about you go check that out? Yeah, go check that out. I think I heard something. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what kind of man would you be? You know what I mean? I'll be right behind you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you, let me know if you need me. You know what I mean? Like, don't take the gun. You know what I mean? It's like, no, that's the man's job. Be watchful. Like, that's up to us. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and even going again, like, hey, correct your kids. You know, mm-hmm. hey, if you're a single dude, if you have to be watchful, who do you need to be watchful for? yourself yourself yeah you know be careful on the way that you're leading because if you're if you're doing a bad job leading yourself you're not going to be able to lead a family for sure you know what i mean so you have to be watchful is what he says yeah you have to stand firm in the faith like look at everything that's going on it is so like it breaks my heart seeing where the church is right now and right before we started recording this we we're talking about wokeism and how how the church is buying into all this wokeness and everything else and like that takes away from what we believe you know what I mean? We're not supposed to be woke. We're supposed to be born again. Yep. That's what we're supposed to be. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, we need to stand firm in the faith. Like, why are there churches that are taking in this uh, LGBTQ ideology and all this other stuff that the culture is doing and now the church is integrating it into their... No, we have to stand firm in the faith. Right. Not saying that that the LGBTQ community isn't welcome Because they are, because they're sinners just like all of us, but you don't glorify it. You don't tell them, tell them like, 
no, the Bible says it's okay. Yeah. Like that's not the case, right? Like, yeah, because then you're not standing firm in the faith. Exactly. You know and what I mean? that's what I think um, – I think we talked about it. There was a church in town that I drove by and had the big rainbow banner and it said, you're welcome here. And like it, it was almost glorifying it, right? Like that wasn't – Great. Yeah. I I hope any church would welcome anybody who Absolutely. walks through the doors, right? But like to glorify somebody's sin and almost act like it's not a sin. Well, let's is... even take it one step further. There are those churches, because I know there's even one here in our small, small town in our community. I think there might be one or two where they not only, you know, promote that, but they also have a female pastor that is a lesbian that is their pastor. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, why are we doing that? You know what I mean? Like, what are we trying to do? Man, I heard I heard one guy, uh, one pastor explain it like this. Like, just imagine yourself, okay? He's like, imagine this. There's a, a king that has a bride and you're the servant that's supposed to be taking care of the bride, watching out over her as the king goes away. And let's say that the king's gone for quite an amount of time. He's put you in charge to, to care for her. Right. And people are starting to lose interest in the kingdom. They're, they're starting to forget about the king. They really don't care much about the queen. And so you go in and you start saying, Hey, you know what? Why don't we spice things up? Like, let's have you dress more appealing to the culture so people would be more drawn into you. And let's paint you up a little bit. Like, what do you think the king's going to do when he gets back that you have completely changed his bride to look like what she's supposed to look like? He's like, that's what pastors are doing. You are supposed to be taking care of the bride of Christ, and what are you doing? If you're not making her presentable and appealing to the king, not to the culture, right. what are you? What do you think he's going to do to that servant? Yeah, that's good. he's going to destroy him. Yeah, you know that's... what I mean. And so, like, hey, man, you got to stand firm in the faith. Like, you know, Paul talks about it in Romans. Like, uh, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know what I mean? Because that is what brings on salvation. You know, it's like, don't be ashamed of it. It's God's gospel. It's not ours. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? All of us, and, and I know a lot of people will be like, well, that's the pastor's role. No, that's all of our roles. Like, if you are a Christian man, you are the pastor of your family. That is your role to hold that fort down. You know what I mean? And And if you're a single man, that's your responsibility to help and come alongside the church to stand firm in the faith and not bring all this other stuff in. But going back to battling temptation... When we're so desensitized to what's going on because of looking at pornography or accepting what the culture's brought in, well, guess what? You're more concerned about the other people and their agenda than the agenda of what God's wanting to do and wanting to push. For sure. And that's, uh, man, <laughs> just thinking about what if. Like, I don't know. I, I constantly am in this, in my mind, like thinking like, if Jesus comes right now, right? Like, what is he going to think of what I'm doing, what the church is doing? And to to think of these, the churches in the woke era of like, we're going to allow whatever I just, I can't, I can't even like, it, yeah. it almost like disgusts me. Like it, and it breaks my heart at the same time. Like, and it because, should, yeah. because it's like, you maybe they're in, like their intentions are wrong. Right. Like, or maybe they have good intentions. Maybe their intentions are like, let's get people in the door, but it's the wrong way to do it. I, 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 
firmly believe that we have to be the ones who are like, no, that is wrong. We have to be in the truth, right? Like, no, that is wrong. We're all sinners though. Your sin, my sin isn't any greater than your sin. Your sin isn't any greater than mine. But that's part of the problem too, is we we try to act like certain sins are worse than others when the Bible tells us only one is greater than all the rest and that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? So what what are we doing as men in the church because we're supposed to be leading our families, the church, what are we why are we not doing this it's the culture well, and here's here, here's another one well i can tell you part of it too right so in matthew 10 37 uh, jesus says um let's see if you love your father or your mother more than you love me you're not worthy of being mine or if you love your son or your daughter more than me you're not worthy of being mine right so and you know in different translations like i know if you look at the um New King James, it says, he who loves his father or, or mother more than me is not worthy of me, right? And and it's also, you know what I mean? It's like, a lot of people would be like, well, what do you mean? Like, aren't I supposed to love my parents? Aren't I supposed to love my son or my daughter? Yeah, but like, listen to what he's saying. Like, if you love them more than you love him, like, you're failing because you can't properly love them in that sense. You know, man, I think of parents right now that are raising their kids and allowing them to 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 be transgender, Okay, mm. and here's the thing, and I've unfortunately I've talked to a parent about this before, and they're like, "Look, my my child already struggles with suicide, right? And they struggle with all this stuff. Like, if like I know that if if I'm if I put up this this wall, they're going to end up killing themselves, you know? And it's like, okay, I I understand that, you know what I mean? And I said, but is that loving? Like, would it be loving for me to not step in if my child was addicted to drugs and and I didn't step in and tell them like, hey, that's not good for you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I would not be loving them because they're believing something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I need to correct them. You know, the Bible tells us that. You know what I mean? Like, dude, if you don't correct your kids, you don't love your kids. Oh, you know what? Here's a, here's a scripture that's a perfect example of that. Um, it's in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. 229 right it says um it says but eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father for the lord was already planning to put them to death and then it says this so so why do you scorn and this is this is the lord talking so why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings why do you give your sons more honor than you give me for they have become fat from the best offerings of my people israel you know what I mean? Like they were taking away and and that's what God sees, right? He's like, why do you love them more than you love me? You know what I mean? And it's like, we have to be able to correct our kids. Like if if my kids believe that, uh, you know, the, the color blue was yellow and anytime they identified something and saying that it's yellow, like, am I going to feel bad? Like, oh, I just don't want to correct them. No, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to be lost in the sauce and they're going to get teased and they're going to have all this stuff happen to them. Like the most loving thing that I can do is correct them. The most unloving thing that I can do is not correct them because really, ultimately, I'm loving myself more than I'm loving my kids in that sense. Right. You know, it's sad, like going back to what you were saying about like the transgender thing. I, my daughter is in seventh grade. Seventh, yeah. Last year we started having the conversation with her because her friends at school were um, homosexual, right? Mm -hmm. Or saying they were. 
and they were starting like big arguments with other kids. And then this year it's uh, kids that want to be transgender. And I, it breaks my heart having to have that conversation with my daughter at 12 years old, 11 yeah. and 12 years old, you know, like, Hey, like, and she doesn't want to be, she's a loving person. She doesn't want to be mean to these people. And I told her, I was like, you're not supposed to be mean to them. You're supposed to love them. You're supposed to pray for them, but you're also supposed to tell them the truth. So if you're asked, or if you feel like you need to speak up, you tell them like, no, God made us this way, Right man and woman for each other, not man and woman for woman for woman, man for man. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, like the biggest thing that I ended up explaining to her was, was like, Hey, look, they are searching for something and it's not going to be filled through that. So next year it's probably going to be something else. And first it was homosexual. Now it's their, the other gender next year, who knows what it's going to be, but they're searching for something. And maybe you should explain to them what they're searching for is Jesus, but I can't make my daughter do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, but just being able to tell her like, Hey, this is the truth. This is what's happening. But it sucks having to have that conversation with a 12 year old because it's hard enough for adults to have that sure. conversation, right? Like, especially with the way the world is, but with a 12 year old, like, well, and, and here's the thing, like, it's crazy, you know, like obviously the, the strategy of Satan, you know what I mean? It's like, look at where Christianity, Christianity is now at this moment. And, and it's, there's, there's a lot of people that are not biblically literate. You know what I mean? They don't understand. And it, it's like, you know, there was a time where people were more understanding and knew more about the Bible. And now I think people are in a place. And I mean, we can see it in our culture, right? As we get further away from God, then this stuff starts creeping in. And yeah, how do we, how do we like reel that stuff in? And guys, don't be shocked. Like when he says we need to stand firm, we need to be strong. We need to do all this other stuff. Don't be shocked. Like we are going, like persecution is, is going to start. Like, I mean, we're living in those days, like you and I are living in that we are, you know, we are in that time of the future of Christianity where like before it, Christianity was acceptable and it was popular, you know what I mean? At, at the time from like maybe our parents more so our grandparents, but now like it's not. And and now people are really starting to get, you know what I mean? Like I, I you know, uh, was listening to an audio book, Live Not By Lies, and it starts off with the guy talking about how um, the culture's going and, and like, there was a pizzeria that, that, you know, was asked a question where it's like, will you serve, you know, a whole homosexual couple? And then he's like, yeah. He's like, but will you cater a wedding for a homosexual couple? And he's like, no, you know, because of their Christian convictions and man, people went to Twitter and all this other stuff and started protesting at that place. People were like, Hey, let's go burn that place down. Like, like we're starting to go into that realm. You know what I mean? And you talking to your daughter, like, yeah, she doesn't need to go in and evangelize the school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she needs to care for her friends and love her friends because guess what? They're lost, you know, but I mean, more so importantly, like I feel bad for those kids because their parents are allowing Mm -hmm. that to happen. Like they're allowing their kids to not have an understanding of what it is to be something so basic, man and woman. And it's crazy how in the very beginning of the Bible, this all starts off, dude. Like it's, it, it's, it just boggles my mind. Like we are at a point in, in the very beginning, it, one, God created the world is how it starts off. And then two, what? He made them man and woman. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, back in the day, people like didn't think that was a big deal. Okay, he made him. This is what it is. But it's like, do you understand the attack? Like the people that are in that realm that are are confused about that. It's not so much a confusion as much as it is a spiritual attack against the Bible. Right. You know, this is there's going to come a time where this is hate speech. I'm really soon. I'm almost positive of it. I mean, we've talked about it before. As a government employee going through training this year of being because of what happened on January 6th, the, the, the insurrection, mm-hmm. right? Like we had to do white extremist training, like essentially telling us that because you were born white, you are now, you could fall in the realm of extremists. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way you were born. Like, I don't see, uh, I don't understand, like, I've never seen things in that realm, right? Like, I mean, being in the military, as you know, like, it doesn't matter what your color is, what your faith is. I mean, as horrible as that is to say, right? Like, at the end of the day, what we were there to do was fight wars. Like, as long as I know that you're going to be there with me, got my back. Yeah. That's all I cared about in that moment. Right. But now it's so like, everything is so backwards. And that, I think that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. That, honestly, that is a whole nother topic. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is like, but it comes down to standing up, right? Like being men stand up, like, no, I'm whatever your, whatever your conviction is, through the Bible, right? Like stand up for that, right? Like if you know that what's happening is wrong, then stand up. Well, and there's, and there's a thing, like there's a clear conviction of what we're supposed to right. stand up. You know what I mean? And, and, and what the Bible says, it's very specific. You know what I mean? If you're reading your Bible, it's telling you what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live. You know what I mean? I, I think of even, even, and this is the thing, like there's this quote that I, that I absolutely love. It's um, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, right? And it's like, it's this cycle that goes over and over again, right? And, and you can look at it in the Bible and, and one of the, you know, I hear that verse and, and I think of uh, Nehemiah, where Nehemiah, it's after they've been in uh, Babylon for, you know, all those amount of years that they were supposed to be in Babylon, like 70 years that they were there. And then now it's time to go and rebuild. And, and you know, Ezra goes and rebuilds the temple. Nehemiah is called to go rebuild the the wall, you know, around there. And, and Nehemiah stands up and, and he tells these people, like, like, remember why we were exiled? Because we gave into idolatry. We were lax about what we were supposed to be believing in, right? And that's why God kicked us out. We weren't honoring God. We weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. And now they're coming back. They're rebuilding their community. And and it's crazy because even in the book of Nehemiah, you see they're coming and rebuilding. They're fighting for, you know, what they stand for. And then guess what? After they rebuild it and everything else, some time passes and the guys are going back to intermarrying with the culture, marrying the women that were there. And that was the very thing that started them going mm. into to getting kicked out because they were marrying into another culture and they were accepting their gods and their idol worship. But Nehemiah tells tells them in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, verse 14, it says, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Man, it, like that, as men, that's what we're called to do. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be fighting for those things and and not accepting accepting what the culture is going to stand for and and what they're going to say. Like you know, the Bible's very clear. Like we are to to be in this world, but we're not to be of this world. 
you know? And, and so like, as men, like, what are we supposed to do? And what does that look like? And, you know, and, and like I said before, you know, like, yes, there is something called toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? You hear that thrown around and mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, there is, is a time where guys just like try to, you know, push their power around. Rule with that iron fist, like you said in the last episode, right? Yeah. Like, there's so many, and... And that's not the biblical way. That, I mean, no. look, uh, it, look, our picture of what a man looks like is who? Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Looking at Jesus Christ and, and how was he? He was strong. He he stood up. Hey, man, he he made a whip and, and, and stood up and was like, hey, you know what? This is not what the temple is supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be a house of prayer and you've turned it into a den of thieves. So like, hey, you know what? Standing up like, so Jesus was in weak. You know what I mean? And he was humble and he was loving and he was caring. And, and I mean, even in the Bible, it, it tells, you know, husbands, love your wives. You know, it, it doesn't say, hey, dominate your wives and have, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what a lot of people think that it says, you know, when it tells us that the wives are supposed to be submissive to their husbands, it's like, yeah, wives should be submissive to their husbands, but not in the sense like, hey, you need to submit to me and you need to do what I told you to do. Like, that's not what it's saying. Yeah. First Timothy tells us, oh, man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Like yeah. they're like not dominance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's sure. First Timothy six eleven. But the so I mean, it's so hard, right? Like talking about it, right? Because we're kind of all over the place. But I mean, First Timothy tells us be gentle, be faith, love, patience, gentleness, and uh, provide for your own. Um, especially those of your household, like it lay the Bible lays it out. Like if you really want to know, there's so many places you can go in the Bible and, and find how, as a man, you were supposed to live your life, live for God, provide for your family, take care of your wife and your children. It tells us, right. But so many men don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they don't, it, well, one, it's way harder than just going with the flow. Right, way harder, and it's what what it comes down to is having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and living your life because you want to please Him, mm -hmm. not because you want to please the world, not because you want to please your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad. Pleasing Him, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, you know, and and a lot of the times, like people don't understand, like you know. Uh, it, and here's the thing, like, it, it, it's hard because a lot of guys don't know how to do that. They don't know how to, I didn't know how to do that. You know what I mean? I didn't know, like, I remember trying to navigate and, and it, just even talking about this right now. Like, I remember, okay, we got saved and I was like, all right, I got saved and I'm going to go back to going back to my original, like the religion that I was born into. You know what I mean? The one that my family followed after. And so I get my family and we go and we're going to church and we went a couple of times and it was like, I just knew that I was never going to grow in that situation. Right. And then we started coming to a different church and we, and, and I went to the church that my, that the, the neighbor that led me to the Lord, I went to his church and, and going in there and I was like, man, this like, this isn't the place. And then I remember coming to the church, you know, that we're at and, and coming here and, and getting plugged in here and like, man, this is it. You know, we were going through the Bible verse by verse. That's something that I know was the Lord was speaking to me in that sense. And it's like, okay, this is where I need to be. I'm going to get a proper understanding of what the Bible is. You know, the Bible's open up in front of me. And, you know, we went a couple times. And then I remember my daughter giving us pushback. 
she didn't want to come here. She wanted to go to to um, where we started off going originally because her friends had gone there. She had no sense. And she didn't want to come here. And I remember telling her, like, look, I don't want to fight about this because I don't want to give you a bad perspective of which who Jesus is. But I'm telling you, this is what our family does. And this is where we're going. You know what I mean? In those moments, I could have been like, well, you know what? If you don't want to go, that's fine. You know what I mean? You don't have to go. And I see that like as a, as a children's pastor, dude, I see so many parents come in here and they're like, do you want to come? Do you want to go? And it's like, you don't give them that option at school. Right. Like you don't. Like, why would you give them that? You don't ask them certain things at home. Like, why would you make that about about the most important thing, which is a spiritual makeup? But a lot of the times, unfortunately, people aren't thinking that. And they're like, they're not thinking this is the most important thing. Right. You know, and, and that's what happens, like, and, and that's where men become passive. And it's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to force my kids to believe what I believe. Like, I'm going to let that be their own decision. Why would you say that? Like, think of the eternal implications of what's going to happen. Like, this isn't just the flavor of the week and the religion of, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't 31 flavors. Like, hey, if you're following Jesus, you're going to go to heaven. I want my kids to know Jesus so they can go to heaven. If they don't follow after the Lord, they're going to go to hell. Like, that's on me. Like, that's my responsibility as a husband. That's my responsibility as a father. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things is the confrontation. I, I, well, and an understanding, right? Like, so for those parents who are are saying, what do you want to do with like, I don't want to force my religion on you. I said that when my, my oldest was born, I'm not going to force him into any kind of religion. I'm going to let him make that decision on his own. That's what I said before I was saved. And before I met Kim and with my first wife, right. I'm not going to do that. Turns out like, no boy, get, get (laughs) in the truck. We're going to church. Right. Like, but I think it was because I didn't, I didn't have a full grasp of what it meant, right? Yeah. Like, and at the same time, then I was still that guy who was questioning you, like, why should I do that? Why should, you know? So um, I think that's part of it. And the other part is the confrontation, right? Like as a man, if I tell my wife and my kids, hey, this is what we're doing, the first person that pushes back, then they're all going to be like, Oh, well, yeah, I don't want to go either. And it's their gang, like, so not like not iron fist, but like, hey, no, this, like you said, this isn't something that we're going to argue about. This isn't something that we're going to, we're going to fight about. This is something that we're going to do. And I mean, we talk about, I I know last week we talked about, you can't go in like full force. Yeah. A hundred percent, like right off the bat, like okay, we're going to go to church every, every Thursday, every Sunday, we're going to do uh, Bible study every Wednesday. We're going to pray every morning at the, like, start with going to church, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, get your family on board, going to church on Sundays. And if your kids are at the age to get them involved in the youth group, then do that, right? Like, Hey, check it out. We got youth groups on Thursday and Saturday. Go, go to that, whatever the case may be. But and then, as, you know, get that ball rolling and let it pick up momentum as it goes downhill, right? But the for men, it is so much easier to avoid co- the confrontation, and especially if you don't know what you believe, 
Right? Yeah, and that's and, huge. Yeah, because if you don't know, then you're not gonna. You know what I mean? All the all the opposition is gonna come your way. Because right. remember, and, we're in a spiritual battle. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's why the Bible tells us, like, hey, you you need to put on the armor of God. You need to be clothed with it. But you need to know it because you need it. That's your defense. Like that's how you're going to defend those things because we are in a battle that is unseen. You know, and and just like anything, like I always tell parents, like, hey, you know, you're going to get pushback, and pushing back isn't like oh this like fight because sometimes we'd be like, oh, well, stop pushing back, and I'm the authority, and it's like pushback is going to happen. And I always I always give the illustration where it's like it's like being on a roller coaster. Like the moment you get on a roller coaster and that that bar comes down and it like latches in, what's the first thing that people do? They, they, push, pu- on. they push back on it. Why do they push back on <laughs> to it? To make sure it's not going to move. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like just remember that. Like that's the reason why you're getting that pushback because they want to know like if anything else, they want to make sure like are you really going to be the man that you're supposed to be? Like they're doing that honestly like just without knowing that that's what they're doing. So don't think the pushback. Like, you're just trying to challenge me. You know, and I think that's a lot of a lot of times too like guys have such a big ego where it's like any any anything that comes back at them it's like no we gotta like you cannot be the powerful force like that because ultimately what it comes into is like okay like here's the thing why does a bite why does a baby start throwing temper tantrums why do they throw a fit why do they start throwing things because they get a reaction Uh, well not just get a reaction guess what else like why do they do that because they can't control their emotions yeah. And I tell that to my boys all the time. I, like when my boys like start acting, dude, I had to tell a grown man this just not too long ago that called me up and, 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 and was talking about some stuff that was going on in his family. And he's like, dude, like this just went down and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I don't know. And, and I was talking to him and I was like, look, I said, I'm sorry, dude, but I have to tell you this. I was like, you know why kids and he said the same thing? You know why kids throw a fit? And he's like, why? I said, because they can't control their emotions. I said, and you acting the way that you just acted? I said, dude, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you were acting like a big baby. I said, that's, that's all it is. I said, you're not, you're not mad. You're not angry. You're not trying to state your dominance. You're not. Tr-. I said, dude, you're acting like a child. And when you act like that, you're showing your family like unfortunately, like you're a grown man that can that can do damage as opposed to a child does that you just walk away from the child. But when you as a spiritual head in your house acts like that, dude, you're just a child, a giant child. You know what I mean? May as well just put a diaper on. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sorry to tell you, but like, the and that's the whole thing because you don't know how to control your emotions and you're throwing a man fit. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like you you have to be able to know like you can't start changing things in your family and expecting everybody to be on board when you guys have lived however you wanted to live. You know right. what I mean? It takes slow steps. And here's the most important thing. Your family's looking at you to see, do you really believe it? How is it affecting you? Because it's a, if it's affecting you, hey, man, we're going to buy into it. Just like when my wife got saved, like she changed so drastically, like, like I want what you have. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's important, too, for men to think about. Like if you want that change to happen in your family, if you want to start doing something, start doing it yourself first. Yeah. Like what, what I talked about last week with, you know, the different ways um, you can start to have that with being in the word, the prayer and the worship, you know, do that yourself, do it and, and let them see that you're doing it. Right. Like we're may, I'm not saying like, make it known, right. Like, don't be like at four o'clock in the morning, waking your whole family up, like, Oh, slamming doors while you're getting your, your, the cabinets while you're getting your coffee. So you, they all know you're awake and you're reading your Bible, but let them see a change in you. So that way they go, okay, he is serious about this. Let's get on. And then, then, hey, get your wife on board, your kids on board. You should be talking to your wife before you even do it anyways or as you're doing it so that she knows. But do it 
do it and then get them on board. Like that's one, one of my biggest things. Like I go through these phases where I'm like, I want to go on a diet. Right. And I just make my whole family like go vegan for, <laughs> for like a month. And then, then we all have pizza one day and we're like, dang it, we, we failed, you know, or whatever. But, um, it would be totally different if I was like, Hey, I'm going to start doing this. And I just did it. And then they're like, oh, okay, dads, let's get on board with this. You know, let's support him or that he, there's benefits to what he's doing, whatever the case may be. And I try to tell my kids that all the time. Like, like, don't tell me that you want to go to the gym. Like my oldest, right? I want to go to gym at, go to the gym at three o'clock in the morning. He told me, he's like, hey, if, I, if I get a gym membership, will you pick me up? Yeah. I'm like, I'll, you better be ready, boy. Don't, don't tell me you want to go to the gym at three o'clock in the morning. If you've never been up at three o'clock in the yeah, morning in your exactly. life. Right. Like, and so, you know, wake up, go for, go for a run. Let me know, like, I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Go, hey, Dad, I'm going to go for a run. All right, go for a run. Whatever, right? Do something so that I know that you're serious before I'm like, yeah, of course, go spend money to get a get a membership, right? But that's what I think as men, it's instead of just being like that iron fist, like, this is what we're going to do. Be the example. Yeah. You know, do it. Don't just – don't, don't talk about it. Be about it, right? Like, that's what – like – walk instead of walking the walk or talking the talk walk the walk right do it like let's as men let's stand up and be what we're supposed to be what we're called to be in the bible the men of faith the men of christ and do the right thing yeah especially right now because i mean that i mean good godly men is a dying breed seriously i mean it just is like i guarantee i mean any church any church that whoever's listening to this, I, I guarantee you what they need more than anything else is godly men that are stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, how can I help? How can I be a blessing? How can I serve? What do you need? Right. You know what I mean? And not, hey, I'm looking for titles and I'm looking for this and looking, hey, you know what? Maybe that will come. You know what I mean? But if you're if you're going and searching out, like, man, that's going to get snuffed out right away. You know right. what I mean? You can just smell that coming in. But I mean, that's what, I mean, look at the the, the way our culture is right now. Okay, is because godly men have not done what they were supposed to do. And I don't blame the culture for being the way that it is. I blame the church, dude. I blame the church for not being that example and not being what they were supposed to be. And that's why we're living in a society that is looking the way that it is looking. You know, and and you know, I said it before, the culture has so much influence over the church that the church doesn't have any influence over the culture anymore. Yep. You know, and we need to get back to it. And it's like you can't allow your families to be that way. You 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 gotta stand up for your for for what is and here we go, for what is true, right? I don't have to figure out what's true. I don't have to figure like this is the truth, you know? And so just live that way, you know, like you said, you know, pray, read your word, and worship. You know, and allow God to work in your life and be the man that you're supposed to be. And don't feel like, oh, well, I'm not going to say anything or I'm not going to. No, you need to stand up appropriately. And here's here's the big thing, too. Having people, having godly men in your corner that can help you and say, hey, you know what? You were too strong or you shouldn't act that way. You shouldn't be talking to your family that way. Or it's like, hey, you know what? You need to continue to stand firm and you need to continue to do this. And, and if that doesn't work, try it a different way, you know? Yeah. I think... Um one of the, one of the things that men need to understand is that 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 knowledge that wisdom that that strength that comes to, that you need to stand up comes from doing these things and it's not going to happen overnight i mean we we had a conversation the other day about 
the first time that I felt like it was about the podcast. Somebody was asking questions. And the first time that I stood up and I was like, I was like, no, man, I think you're wrong. Like, let's talk about that. And we started talking about it. And the guy came to church, right? Like, great. But I I told you then, I was like, man, I've, I've been coming here for three years now. And I feel, I really feel like that was the first time that I really like was like, no, I don't think you're right. And in what in your, your thinking about the Bible and stood up for the faith, like God would have me do, but it was, it took time for me to get there. Right. It took time for me to feel like I had the knowledge and the wisdom that God had given me to answer back then. Right. Before I wasn't strong enough in my own faith to be like, yeah, Oh, hey, yeah. Let me let me tell you what I what what the truth says. Well, and you know that's sad because you, you bring that up. Like it's sad to to hear like there's guys that can tell you, uh, you know, uh, a football team stats. Uh, you know what I mean? Specific a, player. Yeah, spe- of, yeah I mean yeah. all these things that they that they're very knowledgeable in. Uh, and it's like, why do you know that? You know that because you take time because that's what's important to you. You know, and if you can't quote things and and, and reference things and know where it's coming from and know what it says. All it's showing you is that you don't know, and and honestly, you don't think it's that important. You know what I mean? Hey, maybe you have a hard time reading. That's fine. You can listen to the bo- to the Bible on audio. You know what I mean? You can download uh, uh, teachings from from Bible teachers and and go through different studies and and study it that way. I mean, like, yeah, I didn't have anybody directly like when I first got saved discipling me. Like, there wasn't somebody that was specifically discipling me, man. But I was discipled by like awesome pastors. Because I downloaded a whole bunch of podcasts in my walk because I just wanted to know. And I went through books of the Bible, like, right when I got saved. And, and like, that was what discipled me. So, like, yeah, maybe I didn't have anybody directly coming in and and discipling me. But, man, I can tell you, like, five different pastors that were discipling me that never even met me. Right. You know what I mean? And so, it's like, man, we that's what we need to do. We need to stand up for those things. And And that is what godly manhood looks like, right? A man that loves his family, loves his kids protects them, stands, what is it, that, that is watchful, that stands firm in the faith, that's strong, and that and that's a man that acts like a man, you know? Right. And, and I think you read the, the scripture was like, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I acted oh, like yeah. a child, I did childish things, you know what I mean? But when I grew up to be a man, like, I, like I put all those things aside, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what my life is anymore, and, and we have to get out of that. And man, it's so sad to see guys that are just like, you know what? their wife pretty much runs their household, you know? And and even talking to women like that, it's like, you're like emasculating your your husband when you do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you're taking that and to see this this dude coming from there and like, I mean, I, we'd have to get a psychologist in here because you can like hear all that stuff where it's like, they, they probably were raised by their mom like that and their mom treated them like that and they've accepted that and now their wife is treating them like that and they just think that that's just the way it is. And it's like, no, dude. Like you need to stand firm, but because you're not leading your family, your wife, you know, going back to that story that I read last week, you know what I mean? Your wife feels like she has to be in that role. And there's this tug of war and it's like your wife's holding onto that steering wheel trying to overcorrect and she's doing, she's not doing a good job because that's your job. And she's trying to overcorrect and then you guys are fighting back and like, well, you're just going to let go of the wheel. Like, no, you can't. You cannot be a passive man. You can't. Right. I think that's a good place to stop. I guess. Yeah. Don't be passive. Man up. <laughs> Man up. Man up. <laughs> Man up. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for, I don't know, just listening and, and being a part of this conversation. I hope it was uh, beneficial. And I know it was. You know what I mean? I know even just talking through those things and just and just knowing, like, man, it, it's it's up to us. Like, 
we're either going to like we know that the time is just going to get darker and darker and darker and you know what the the world's going to do whatever it's going to do like i'm not concerned about it but i'm concerned about my family i'm concerned about the way i'm raising my kids and i'm concerned about my church you know what i mean not right. like not this building not the people that are here but it's like i'm concerned about the church why cuz this is man this is the bride of christ this is christ's bride and to say i'm just going to let her just like here we go back to Hosea, just hoe herself out. You know what I mean? Prostitute herself out to what? Right. Like, I, you know what? I, I feel the responsibility and any man that it's not about being a pastor, any man, any Christian man that is going to look and allow the church to do that, dude, sorry, not on my watch. Mm-hmm. Amen. Cool, man. Well, <laughs> guys, thanks for, thanks for all your support. Reach out as always. You know, hey, guys, the, the best thing that you could possibly do is is share this. If if there's any episodes that you guys hear that's beneficial, if you guys just share it, like if you share it with one person, you just doubled the audience. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, guys, if you guys could do that, that favor, that would be awesome and great. Just get the message out. And, and um, guys, just thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Thank you. You going to pray us out? Of course. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to come together with my brother in Christ here and just have a conversation about the direction of the church, the direction of men in the culture today, and hopefully use this conversation to reach men and get them to stand up for you, God, and be godly men and be godly fathers and godly husbands. And for any of them that are listening that have questions, just give them the the courage, Lord, to reach out to somebody, whether it's us or another godly man through a church locally with them. Just give them that courage to reach out and and start doing the right thing. Take the first step to, to get that discipleship that they need, Lord, to... to live a life that glorifies you. And I pray that as we we close this out, that you keep all of us, all of us, whether it's men or women, living lives that glorify you. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.